Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan. And I'm Derek. And we are here to talk about movies and whatnot. Mostly whatnot. Um, <laughs> Derek, what's up, man? How, how was your week? You did some traveling? It was good, yeah. Uh, so we went and saw some friends in Detroit oh, over nice. the weekend. Right yeah, on. it was good. Um, and uh, my first time there. Okay. And uh, yeah, so we had some... Uh, had some adventures, ate some really good food. Nice. Um, just a word of warning that I found out the hard way, <laughs> and it's not—it's not nothing happened. Like it's not a big deal. Like I wasn't—I'm not in trouble or anything. But um, mm-hmm. do not try. Just because weed is legal in Canada, you can't—you can't bring it over the border. Ah. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. We found that out the hard way when we were going to um, across the river to go hang out at, in Canada for. Uh-huh. A day, and uh, I'm really glad we declared the weed because if we hadn't, we would have gotten in a really big trouble. But like as it stood, um, they pulled us over. We had to sit in customs for about an hour while they uh, tested it and took care of it, and then disposed of it. And I had to sign some paperwork. But um, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, that was kind of it. Was really funny because all it, honestly, I've crossed, I've cr- the U.S. Mexico border. I've crossed it several times. Mm-hmm. Awful. <laughs> absolutely terrible like yeah. hate that border don't like it if i can fly i'll do that like i can't stand it yeah but the canadian border everybody was just like oh well like it was just one of those slap on the wrist things where they were just like oh don't do that yeah. like you know literally that's all it was and so they were like like no legal legal ramifications or anything like that but they uh-huh. were just like nope we have weed here. Don't do that. And it was like, okay, sorry. <laughs> and uh, But I will say this. The law enforcement of the Border Patrol between the U.S. and Canada, at least on that stop, very polite. Oh, that's cool. Super polite. They were joking with us. And, like, they ta- we had to go over. They had to search the entire car um, mm. while we stood outside of it. And then we had to sit for about an hour in the, uh, in the customs waiting room while they processed all the paperwork and did background checks and all that kind of stuff. So... Word of advice, don't try and bring weed into Canada. I won't. Yeah, or bring it from Canada back into the U.S., even if the states, even the state, because it's not federally legal in the United right. States, so that's why you can't transport it across the border. Right. But, yeah, Maybe. found that out the hard way, and it was a one, it was honestly a lovely experience, and I, I'm kind of honestly glad I went through it, because we had a really good time. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, it I, was. Uh, where does what part of Canada does Detroit cross over into? Oh, um, it is. I, ooh, don't quote me on that. I'm gonna look. Okay. I'm gonna look it up. But other than that, we had some we had some Detroit style pizza and nice. uh, oh yeah, ate so. Oh, dude, there's this one little greasy spoon restaurant that just does like little hot dogs and hamburgers by where their house where they were at. Mm. Oh, so I love, good. I love spots like that. Me too. It was better than White Castle. We had some White Castle too, but it was like, it was choice, man. It was awesome. And like each burger was like three bucks. Each hot dog and burger was like three bucks. So you oh, just order great. a bunch of them and just yeah. go home. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, it was really good time seeing Windsor. Windsor, okay. Windsor is, Windsor, Canada is where yeah. it's at. Yeah, I um, think that's in Ontario technically. I believe so, uh, yes. Ontario. Okay, cool. Yes. Well, that's Don't awesome. quote me on that, but I believe it's in Ontario. Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, that's cool, man. Uh, that sounds like a fun, uh, cold trip. <laughs> it was. I like the cold, so yeah. I'm not too, you know, I'm a California kid that grew up next to the beach, and I'm like, it needs to be colder. Yeah. I hate the summer. It's not my time. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, look I good in shorts. Yeah. I'm always sweaty. <laughs> like, it's just not my thing. Um, but no, Detroit was awesome. Um mm-hmm. 
it kind of like it made me sad for the city because it's a really cool city. It's just yeah. it's so sad that they've fallen on such hard times and the infrastructure's just not there. Yeah. Because if if you could get it together, like everybody has it as this idea of like, oh my god, it's so crime laden and you can't go walking anywhere. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not stupid, the <laughs> yeah, same could exactly. be said of L.A. Yep. Or it's downtown San Diego. Just don't wander in into an alley with a stranger and you won't get stabbed. Totally. Yeah. Like I had a like you know there's a guy that was like, hey, can I answer you? Or ask you? He's like, hey man, can I ask you a question? I was like, no, you may not, but you have a good day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's uh, a lot. As long as you're like that, you'll be fine. Yeah, I went. Uh, yeah, I was in Detroit. Um, oh, that's for, right. You've gone. Yeah, for like a day or two on tour, and it was yeah, it was a cool city. It was, it was, uh, it was. If it's one of those cities where like you can tell there's just like a lot of history there. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Just uh, being we went there. to yeah. So the other thing we did too, and this is just on the history part. It's just yeah jog my memory um our friend works for the henry ford museum out there oh which i don't know if you know that that's the most that's the largest museum in america that's in competition with the smithsonian i didn't know that yeah so it's in competition with the smithsonian they have all the presidential limos oh that's including the presidential train (laughs) dude yeah also saw the first train ever like a mock-up of the first train ever built in like Uh 18 20 or 30 or something like that uh-huh. it was a it was a motor with a deck for the wood on it and then it had three stage coaches linked together on rail tracks and then like another thing that was on the back for people to sit on if they couldn't like afford the cushiony you know like the yeah. first class stagecoachy kind of thing it blew my mind i've never even thought about the transition between stagecoach carriage and like trains yeah they that's had that there um they had rosa parks's bus oh that's amazing that was amazing that was an emotional yeah I was very that hit me really hard uh-huh. just because when you walk into the humanitarian exhibit mm-hmm. they don't sugarcoat it and they let you know what you're head like what you're in store for because as you walk in there is a window from the back of a full KKK uniform ah <laughs> and they start when you come around they start with like this is wrong yeah and they're like these guys are assholes like all this stuff and they go into like the white power movement and then they start moving into so they like let you know that that's a thing and they really decry that and then mm-hmm. they have like the Klansman's Creed which is astonishing by the way because if you actually read the Klansman's Creed and take the Klansman's Creed off that's a lot of what the fundamentalist right actually believes in mm-hmm. and it's kind of scary yeah it's very terrifying I had a very emotional response to it yeah just because it is such a symbol for hate and then plus we're in Detroit so there's all these black families around and I'm yeah. just like I'm so sorry yeah. I'm not one of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, that's uh, that's cool, man. I, w- I wish I would have known that that existed. I would have gone to see it for sure. If you're ever in Detroit again, yeah, please go see it. Yeah, they have they have the evolution of, and it's not just Ford products. It's like cars in general. Mm-hmm. They have like the evolution of like automotive industry, the evolution of the racing industry, mm-hmm. uh, aviation. Um, uh, what is it? Yeah, it was it was really cool. Very mm-hmm. interactive, very fun. Uh, lots of stuff to do. It's easily like if you really get into it, like I do, and read everything. It's easily like a half a day thing. Okay, we did yeah. it in a couple of hours, but it's still that was like an, an information packed couple of hours. That like by the time we were done, my brain was just so full. I was like ready to not be reading things and absorbing information, but it was awesome. There's an entire, we didn't go to this, but there's an entire, I guess it was the slight inspiration for Disneyland. There's an entire town that Henry Ford had brought together that had his like original garage where he built the first, his first car Mm -hmm. and like a bunch of 
his family home and like a bunch of other like presidential family homes and like very famous buildings so they assembled it all in like this village that you can go walk through that's like a living museum where people are like doing glass blowing and like blacksmithing and it's like a turn of the century there's like two operating farms on there one pre turn of the century and one post turn of the century and they only use the technology that was available at the time mm-hmm. to like do the farms it's very fascinating like that's I said cool. we didn't get to go there but it was it was really cool I definitely want to go back and check that part of the museum out for sure yeah dude that sounds amazing yeah yeah other than that it was lots of food and that and uh getting arrested by the cops and uh (laughs) gambling at caesars in windsor Uh and uh yeah it was a good time nice yeah that sounds like a lot of fun um what did i do uh this past week was a pretty normal week i um was actually in while you were in detroit i was actually in vista last night uh what two nights ago I was no de- way. Yeah, I DJed a wedding out there. Um, oh, cool! On Saturday or no Sunday. So, yeah, just normal. Well, what a horrible time for me to be out of town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, it was a nice wedding. Um, yeah, I just had a pretty normal week. Just uh, saw cool. saw a movie that we'll talk about. And, oh yes, we uh, will. Um, oh, I've been playing um, Hogwarts Legacy. I played a little bit of that while I was in Detroit, and uh-huh. oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, it's very fun. Very fun. It's game. so fun. It <laughs> yeah, is so fun. It's, super it's fun. one of those where, as I the first, as I was designing my character, I was just getting so excited. I was like, yeah. I can't believe this is a thing. This is a game that is needed to come out for forever. Yep. Like the finally, the technology has caught up to the game that we need. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it's really good. I'm playing, uh, I think I'm probably like a quarter of the way through the game, and I'm playing okay. it on like the easiest mode just to get through like the story and all that. Oh, that's what I would do. Yeah, and I, I'm going to play, like like I do with the Spider-Man games, I'm going to go back and play through it like on a harder setting, just yeah. to like now that I understand the combat and stuff like that, because I think the combat is really cool and really fun, so like it'll be good it's to play extremely it on, innovative. A, on a really challenging uh, difficulty, you know? Yeah, totally. It's extremely innovative, mm-hmm. and I I thought it was great. I love all the customization options that you can have, too. Yeah. The map is big and fun. Oh, yeah, um, the map's crazy big. It's cool. Uh, I'm Yeah, I'm... And then once you get your broom and you can fly around, it's like... Mm-hmm. It's so fun. <laughs> Do you have a hippogriff yet? No, not yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the upgrade. Yeah, working my way up. Um, I love yeah, it. It's super fun so far. So um, been playing that. It's been a lot of. Have fun. you decided if you're going to be a, a dark wizard yet? Um, no, I don't know if uh, if uh, like how I don't know if those are strong categories in the game or if it's just like different things you can explore because there are different talents that you can unlock and one of the talents is the dark arts. But I don't know if that changes like the story at all for you? I think it does. Okay, well, cool. I think it changes the story for you and Mm. your outcome is different because you know how to kill people. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been learning all that stuff, so, like, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I got sorted to Slytherin, so uh, that's where I'm at. Nice. Yeah, it's it's. it's I got Gryffindor. Nice. Yeah, which is actually my house in Pottermore, so I was very happy about that. Yeah, (laughs) Nice. Um, yeah, man. So I'm I'm really loving the game. Um, yeah, can't wait to play more. It's just a fun, comfortable game. Yeah, it's, like yeah, it's, it doesn't try to do too much. Yep. It doesn't try to overreach. It doesn't yeah. try to like. It just delivers a good, solid playscape that is mm-hmm. just. It's just fun. I don't know how else to say it. Plus, I'm glad we got to play it because after we 
played it and AJ was watching, we got in the car to go somewhere and I looked at her and I was like, so I have bad news. And she was like, we need to get a PlayStation 5 so I can play that game too. It's like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really good. And you can kind of like, especially if you play it on the easiest setting, like it's a game where like, if you're not really like a gamer and you just want to like role play as play another a story through the, you can yeah play another story through the harry potter world yeah it's really 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 fun um I love so it. yeah been doing that and then just djing a bunch and yeah that's pretty much it um cool cool all right should we uh i think we'll have a lot to talk about with our movie review so let's dive into this news and get that out of the way shall we sure sounds good i've been i've sent you a couple of things yeah there wasn't uh from what I saw, there wasn't a ton of news outside of the DM stuff that was sent to each other. Um, no, just just the stuff I sent you. Yeah, cool. So let's uh, let's slide into some of these DMs. Um, Blumhouse is creating a video game. It says. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from IGN. Blumhouse, the film and TV production company that's best known for producing horror hits like Megan, Get Out, Insidious, and the Paranormal Activity series, is getting into video games. Let's see if there's any. Uh, there's any word about what this game is like or what what it's going to be Um, but i think that's smart for them to get into video games i mean they have such strong horror properties and stuff like that like why not make some games you know absolutely they're an amazing production company like what we need more good solid quality horror games Mm -hmm. um okay they didn't announce any of the upcoming games they just announced that they opened a new subsidiary blumhouse games okay Okay, so they don't. I'm sure they have plans, but those plans are very tentative. Yes, I'm sure. Um, yeah, all right, I'm into that. Um, what else we got? Uh, Hellboy's coming back. Ooh, they're trying again for a Hellboy. The Hellboy reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna adapt one of the characters' most popular stories. Let me see what they say. It doesn't say which one. Um, I feel like Hellboy should be a series. It should be a series, and it also should be a video game. Yeah, that's true. It definitely needs which to be I a video think game. Which I think they're going to make. They There are rumors that they're making a video game out of it, Yeah, which I'm very excited for. Um, but it's going to be rated R. It's mm-hmm. going to have three leads. Mm-hmm. And um, Mike Mignola, who is the artist and creator of Hellboy, he'll be working with director Brian Taylor. Okay. So then we actually have some... Um, the uh, On the matter of the of the R rating he said the original material is dark and scary and violent and adult so in order to really embrace that we just don't want to have any handcuffs on mm-hmm. alright yeah I like that approach um, oh it's I, uh, Hellboy the Crooked Man oh that's a good storyline okay what's that about I don't I don't know uh, let me like... remind myself because there's a lot of Hellboy stuff uh, it's one of the ones uh, let me remind myself because there's a lot there's a lot to it or at least his stories. Mm-hmm. Um, do, 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 do. Don't uh, mind the uh, 19, trash wander, trucks outside. What's up? <laughs> don't mind the trash trucks outside. <laughs> if you can hear, I don't know if you can hear it, but I can't hear it. No, okay, we're great. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. You're not apologizing to me. Um, <laughs> Uh, Crooked Man Comics saw Hellboy wander in 1950s Appalachia only to get pulled into a haunting case of witchcraft surrounding a man named Tom Farrell and his deal with the local devil, the Crooked Man. Farrell has returned to where he first became a witch in order to atone for his sins and team up with Hellboy, as well as a local witch named Cora to venture up into the mountains to a Mm. church in the Crooked Man's domain. It is. That sounds great. This one is dark. Yeah. It's really, it's one of those ones that even I was reading it and I was like, oh. 
Yeah, that's cool. I also like that the setting is like in Appalachia, like in the mountains mm-hmm. and in the woods and stuff. That's a cool setting for. It's also easier for production. <laughs> yeah, you can shoot it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be awesome. Hellboy's a good character that I got a soft spot for. So who who hasn't really been done justice yet? Yeah, not like, yet. I like the Guillermo del Toro stuff. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I know there's some. I know there's some people out there that are gonna be like, but Derek, and I'll be like, mm-hmm. and I know. Yeah, but I still don't feel like it's been done justice yet. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Like because Guillermo del Toro's was too early two thousands, too action movie campy. Uh-huh. You know, and and Hellboy's supposed to be like the David Harbor one is closer. Yeah, but we still haven't seen a good like a pure what I would say is a fan. Yeah. What is like that's Hellboy, right? Yeah, I agree. I I think it, man. I really think it would be especially you know with shows like The Last of Us and stuff like that. Uh, I think it would be really good as a series because I think it's it's it, there's such a, a big world of characters and lore there that I really feel like you have to spend some time in it and really establish the lore and all these characters and stuff like that because every movie that I've <laughs> I've seen of Hellboy just feels like nothing and then everything you know what I yeah, mean yeah. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe let's let's ease into this and get to really know this character and and all that kind of stuff so. Um, yeah, I think it would be really good as a, as a series. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this movie though. That should be cool. Yeah, it'll be awesome. I'm excited now that knowing that Mike Mignola is involved in it. I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. Like, let's do this. <laughs> um, uh, you sent a trailer for uh, uh, the new Guy Ritchie movie. A Guy Ritchie movie. Guy Ritchie's making that same movie again. Only yep. this time, uh, Aubrey Plaza's in it. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm fine. I, I watched his last movie, which was the same as every other movie. Only Matthew McConaughey was in it, and it was oh. fine. Oh, great! <laughs> it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it wasn't. I will say this: it wasn't bad. It was a Guy right. Ritchie movie, yeah. and at this point, you kind of know what Guy Ritchie movies are going to be. Totally. So it's just like. Eh. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of vaguely British people doing some kind of heist and whatnot. Some sort of heist or Cockney accent. <laughs> yeah. They're always from the streets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. He just continually kind of makes the same movie over and over. That's pretty I cool. Know. I mean, Michael Bay kind of does, too. Well, that's not true. Well, he made King Arthur, <laughs> yeah. and that was a pile of garbage. Yeah, I was going to say, which we all universally loved. Which we, you know, the highest grossing movie of all time, King Arthur by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Not one of the ones that I go, why, why, why yeah. did you do that? You know, I would love to see Guy Ritchie do a uh, Fast and the Furious movie. I think that'd be fun. Oh. You know what I mean? A British Fast and the Furious movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he should just direct a spinoff with Jason Statham. They that'd like working great. together. Yeah, he should just take over the Hobbs and Shaw franchise. Oh, I would love that. That would be be fun. Um, So Guy Ritchie's doing that. That one's called Operation Fortune. Fortune. Mm -hmm. Um, The Marvels is delayed for November. Um, Harry Potter. What's uh, what's going on with Harry Potter? Harry Potter and the Cursed Child movie is set to be – is set in the works with all three major stars returning in their roles. Okay. That's big news. Huge news. Yeah. Um – yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar with this uh, with this storyline. I'm I'm assuming this picks up after. I'm the... not either, but okay. it's a Broadway musical. Oh, okay. And uh, and there are this is the musical is based on books. I would imagine. I think so. Let me check it out. Okay. Um, no, I don't want to buy tickets. I want to know what this story is about. You sure you don't want to buy tickets? 
I am going to New York soon. <laughs> Here we go. And the cursed child. Do, 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 do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a play, so it's divided into two parts. Yep. Uh, set during the epilogue of Deathly Hallows in the year 2017. Uh, Harry and Ginny Potter send their younger sons, Alba Severitz, to, on the Hogwarts Express. Uh, Harry works as head of magical law enforcement. Awesome. Um, Ginny's editor. Okay, I don't need all this. Just tell me what. <laughs> um. Sorry, this is great audio with me being silent and reading. <laughs> um, it's fine. I'm reading up on this Lilo and Stitch announcement. Oh, God. <laughs> we can talk about that, and I can come back to the Harry Potter one while sure, I read. Okay. But yeah, so why don't you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, they're, uh, Disney's doing a live-action Lilo and Stitch. Um, why? Because, because Disney and <laughs> because m- money printing. determined to destroy our childhood. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Zach Galifianakis is going to star um, in the role has not been um, disclosed yet. Um, which means he might be playing Stitch or some human character. Um, I could see him playing either. Uh, that's fine. We'll see. I think if there's any of the Disney animated movies that could be a cool live action one, I think Lilo and Stitch is one of them. Um, uh, because Hawaii is a real place and it features mostly real people and one sort of alien character. So I Mm -hmm. think that kind of lends itself to doing a live action thing. And, but who's that Galifianakis going to play? I think he's going to be one of the aliens. Yeah, probably. Um, He's either going but to But I be- want him body painted. I don't want him CGI. I <laughs> yeah. want them to just blue body paint. Blue body paint. <laughs> yeah. My <laughs> guess is he's either going to play Stitch or he's going to play like the the alien coming after Stitch. Um or he might even play like a human character of some some description. Okay, so basically sorry, for the cursed child basically yep. what happens is uh Harry's kid and uh I think Malfoy's kid. Okay. Go back in time. To help save Cedric Diggory, and by doing that, and by doing like undoing Cedric Diggory's death, like they undo all of the stuff that happens before. Okay. So like Ron and Hermione don't end up together. Um, Harry's having nightmares about Bol- Voldemort. Um, Does Robert Pattinson come back? You think? I don't know. To play Cedric. I'm yeah, Cedric, um, but now I've got long hair and dark paint around my eyes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, they go back before when to the night before Harry's parents were killed. Oh, okay, so it's a time travel thing. Yeah, it's like a time travel thing. Okay, I'm into yeah. that. All right, well, new Harry yeah. Potter coming to a screen near you. <laughs> and I'm glad they're doing it with the original three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that makes good. Me happy. That's good. Um, uh, Robert Pattinson will reportedly reprise his role as the Batman to make an appearance in The Penguin, which is which coming to cool. HBO Max this year. Um, yeah, that'll be very cool. Um, I'm looking forward to that show. Anything HBO, with H- R. Pat's Batman. Yeah, HBO's. You know me. Right I'm a now. I'm a whore for that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think my total runtime. I think my total watch amount for the Batman is up to eight now. Hmm. Or nine. 
something yeah, gotta, like that. I gotta watch that again. It's I love so that good. Movie. Um, Bruce Willis has been uh, officially diagnosed with dementia. Yeah, yeah, which is sad. So sad. Yeah. All um, the best to him. Yeah, and the family and all that. The family and all that. Yeah, but like that's just a bummer. Yeah, it is. That's uh. Have just, you seen a recent Bruce Willis movie? I think the last time I saw Bruce Willis was in. Who man? It's been a while for it's me. It's been too. a minute. Uh, I think the last one I saw him in was. Which one is the one where he's like he shows up on the back of a truck with like a minigun? Oh. <laughs> I don't remember that. Was it red? Uh, no, it wasn't red. It was like some red two. Maybe it was Red 2. <laughs> it's one of those movies where he shows up and it's like, oh, it's Bruce Willis. But yeah, it's been a minute. It's been at least five, six years, probably. I know. I feel like I need to start doing him justice and watching his movies again. Yeah, yeah. He's been in some good ones. Um, yeah, I, uh, I got to rewatch uh, The Sixth Sense. I haven't watched that in a while. Oh, that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. That came out when I was 14. Yeah, crazy. It's been a while. It's been a while been a while since i could hold my head up high. <laughs> um oh this is loki and secret oh, sorry, loki and secret invasion are reported the two the only two mcu shows definitely coming in 2023 and then there's also news too that uh marvel studios is to scale back the number of shows released on disney plus yeah which i think is smart yeah i think uh, uh yeah uh, i think she hulk proved we don't need like that many TV shows, yeah, and and we'll get into it, but I think uh, Ant Man shows us that perhaps the uh, the Disney machine is being stretched a little thin right now. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, okay. Then I know where this Ant Man review is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I, I will say this though, at least on the Disney Plus side or the Disney side, is it coming off of that Marvel? Um, Marvel confirms Moon Knight has a future in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Whether that, I think it would be great to see another to see a special presentation, do yeah. like an hour and a half long movie. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I think that character works well for that. Um, also, I you know I know they're trying to do the Midnight Suns, so that'd be cool with if he's on that team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Um, a live action How to Train Your Dragon movie is coming in twenty twenty five from yep. Universal. Um, all right, I liked the first movie. I haven't seen the other ones, but I love. I liked the first one a lot. Um, so hopefully, this is good. Um, <laughs> uh, I am Legend Two. This is this is news I'm excited about. Okay, I am Legend Two, starring Will Smith alongside Michael B. Jordan, is officially in the works. The sequel to I Am Legend has been confirmed with Will Smith set to star alongside Michael B. Jordan. Producer Akiva Goldsman revealed that the work has begun on the second film to the 2007 sci-fi horror blockbuster. And from what I've seen about this, it's going to... This story is going to... This movie is going to exist as if the alternate ending to I Am Legend is canon, in which he survives. Which I'm not... Fam- I'm not okay, so that's the... I'm not familiar with the alternate ending. Yeah, in the alternate ending, he survives the... Uh, the the confrontation like in so in the regular ending of the movie he like sacrifices mm-hmm. himself and blows up all the zombies together in right. that lab in the alternate ending um which test audiences said was uh unsatisfying at the time he realizes that 
the zombies are the only reason the zombies are coming after him is to try to get uh the body of the loved one that they have that he's been experimenting on that one zombie mm. he's been keeping it they're basically just trying to get their loved one back quote unquote and so he realizes this sets that one free and then they like go their separate ways and he realizes okay. i've been the monster the monster they yes. <laughs> are legend uh <laughs> and that's kind of, and apparently that's like more of what the the book is like is like he he mm. realizes that like they haven't been tormenting me i've been tormenting them you know what i mean yeah <laughs> um and so that's kind of the ending that they're going to take as canon moving forward um and so i i don't know what that means in terms of like what this story is going to be like with Michael B. Jordan, but um, I'm very interested to see it. Hopefully, Michael B. Jordan is like a like a villain. That would be interesting. Um, but even that'd if he's not, cool. um, if it's even if it's just like a you know a buddy survival movie, I think that'd be fun too. I hope they're lovers. Yeah, that'd be cool too. I'd um, be down. Just two incredibly handsome black men. Uh, just getting it on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Brokeback Mountain, but in Broke... post-apocalyptic New York City. Except good this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, What else we got? Anything else? I think that's it. It's been kind of a mediocre week for news. Uh, Mag- or Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are teasing a return mm-hmm. to the X-Men universe, which is, sign me up, please. They apparently have plans, which is ominous and exciting at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. I mean, I don't really have anything else. I think we touched almost everything here. Oh, um, Deadpool three is going to be rated R. Yeah, because of course it should be. Well, it'll be. The, but no, no, no. But it'll be the first MCU canon movie to be rated R. That's true. Which is good because that means that they're open to R rated content, which means that that furthers our ability to possibly have a, bl- a rated R Blade movie. Yeah, I'm sure that was. Uh, part of their consideration when buying Fox was like, oh, we can explore a bunch of, you know, a bunch more themes and adult situations and stuff like that without having to confuse the Disney brand. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, well, that's what I that's what I said when they bought Fox. I'm mm-hmm. like, take your rated R superhero stuff, put it through the 20th century brand, mm-hmm. and then keep your family friendly stuff on the Disney on the Disney side. So if people see exactly. Disney Marvel, they go, oh, I can take my kids to it. Yeah. If you see 20th century Marvel, oh, I should probably leave my kids at home. <laughs> yeah, I should probably not bring my kids to this. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, I agree. That's exciting. Uh, I can't wait for Deadpool. That's probably the superhero I'm so movie stoked. I'm most excited for right now. Same. Um, Same. So, yeah. All right, let's let's talk about Ant-Man, shall we? Speaking of superhero movies yeah. that aren't rated R. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, what were your thoughts going into this movie? Expectations? Were you excited? All that stuff. I was... I have two versions of my expectations. Okay. One was pre-Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Okay. And one was post Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Yeah. The pre, I was looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just curious to see how they introduce Kang and Modok and, you know, get like, what are they going to, you know, what's what's it going to be, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And just see how they execute, you know, what story they're trying to tell and, and all that. Mm-hmm. After I saw the Rotten Critic, the Rotten Tomatoes critic score, mm-hmm. which is currently sitting at a 47% tied with Eternals. Ooh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I started hedging my bets, and my expectations were it's probably going to be a good bil- good villain, bad movie, mm-hmm. and um, we'll get into it. But what did you? What were your expectations going in? 
Yeah, similar. Um, I was, I I liked I liked the first Ant Man movie and the second Ant Man movie. I thought they mm-hmm. were um, good. They felt different from the the other solo uh, Marvel stuff. They kind of had their own kind of. Uh, uh, they almost felt like their own kind of subgenre. Like they're kind of like mm-hmm. these like uh, family comedies, kind of like a, yeah. I think, and especially the first one taking place in San Francisco just uh, reminded me of Mrs. Doubtfire a lot, just in like oh. the, the tone and sensibility, mm-hmm. um, and then the the San Francisco setting. Well, we haven't really because in the '90s, so many movies were set in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know why, but there's many ways. Uh, tax breaks. I think yeah, I think probably, San Francisco gave yeah. filming tax breaks, and everybody's like, "Well, we'll just film there." You know, yeah. when you have The Rock, you've got Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. you've got all these great movies that take place in San Francisco. Um, how to uh, so I married an axe murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean, like all these good ones, and yeah. then nothing. And we <laughs> haven't seen San Francisco as a setting for a while. So totally. Ant Man kind of brought San Francisco back on the map. Which for me, growing up, San Francisco was like the place to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rice Aroni is from there. Heck yeah, man! <laughs> um, ding 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 goes the trolley. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I like the first two movies. Um, I was excited to see this, um, to, like you said, to see how they introduced this version of Kang the Conqueror. Um, I was excited to see what they were doing with Modok, um, and and basically excited to to explore what the quantum the quantum realm is like in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having seen it, um, I I will say this. In, in for my money, it's probably the worst Marvel movie that's been made at this point. Uh, Worse than Eternals. I yeah, I would watch Eternals again before I watch this again. Really? See, yeah. I'm opposite. Okay. I would flip it. I don't think it deserved a 47, percent uh-huh. but it's also not a good movie. Yeah, I, you know I, what I mean. Yeah, like that's I, where I'm at. Eternals to me was just a bad movie. Right. Like it was just terribly done. This one was trying to do two things at once that unfortunately didn't work out, mm-hmm. and that's where I feel like the downfall was. So for to me, I was like, it doesn't deserve 47. percent I don't think mm-hmm. it's a 47 percenter, but it's also not much higher than that yeah see see i i would disagree slightly and i i do think that this movie is like borderline like unwatchable for me like there was a, there were points in the okay. movie where i was like if this weren't a marvel movie i'd probably walk out of here like <laughs> i honestly i was thinking the exact same thing yeah and 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 we'll get into my problems with it but i let's talk about so that we're not just uh completely dumping on, on it the, it whole the time. entire time yeah. um some things that I liked about it, um, I'll give a couple things and you can jump on, jump in. For sure, um, yeah. I, I mean, Paul Rudd is is great. He's uh, when he needs to be funny, he's funny. Um, he's charming. I like all the actors. I think all the actors are bringing it. I love the actor, the actress that played his daughter. Um, oh, see, I didn't. You didn't like her? Oh, okay. Well, I didn't fair. like her. I didn't like so the character my... so much, but I liked her I performance. I hated the character. <laughs> yeah. Hated the character. Yeah. I felt like I'm not sure, and I've never seen her in other things, so I'm okay. not judging her performance based solely on this, right? right. Like, for me, it's, um, I don't think she was given enough to work with. Oh, definitely And not. I don't think she yeah. was given enough direction to actually yeah. be good. Mm-hmm. She just came off as this shallow, really irritating character that ultimately, at the end of the day, didn't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, the character for me was like I I think <laughs> the funny thing is about this movie is none of the characters get enough screen time or enough to do for me to really like or care about any of these characters. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that's uh, in a in a movie that's two hours plus is like insane to me. <laughs> like, yeah. 
So they like they, it's, but they it's, want us to uh, care about the wrong characters. They want us to care about the random like people in the quantum zone, and I'm like, I don't care about them. Yeah. They're cannon fodder. They're there to die. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Um, so I, I yeah I thought um, all the actors showed up and were, were trying their best. Um, there, uh, Michael kind of, Douglas, God bless his heart. Yeah, I mean, Michael Douglas probably gets the most to do in this movie. Well, actually, I think, yeah. um, what's her name does? Diane Keaton gets a lot to do. Michael Douglas saves the day. Yeah, he totally does. Uh, he actually gets a lot of the jokes, too, which is uh, very He funny. does, which was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they were trying to do some creative things with some of the sequences, like some of the fight scenes and stuff like that, but. Ultimately, I think the action beats were a little lacking as well. Oh, yeah. I do, too. Um, it was trying to be a dark, serious Marvel movie like Winter Soldier, yeah. but then also be this family-friendly romp, and yeah. I didn't appreciate either. Yeah. Do one or the other. Yeah. You I, have to. You have to do one or the other. You can't be like, look at, oh, my God, they're going down to the quad as a family. It's yeah. like, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I um yeah. AJ said the same thing too. She was like, I hate we walked out and she was like, I hate when movies try to be like this family friendly romp and they do that to the detriment of everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like when the focus is look at they're a family. It's like I don't care. Yeah, the 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 two tones that they were trying to manage in this movie just like just did not work. It clashed uh, at every turn. Yeah, I, I I found myself asking like who is this movie for multiple times? I did that a lot as well because it wasn't for Marvel fans. Yeah, there's like uh, a lot of like very broad kind of uh, y- y- like not necessarily juvenile, but like kid like kid friendly jokes and like sensibilities. But then it's also this very dark story. Uh, it just it certain things like certain very gruesome, gruesome things, in my opinion, were played for laughs, I think, in a weird way. Like what? Uh, like a Modoc's death scene was very weird to oh. me and horrifying. Dude, and not funny. It was awful. They're all just standing around while he dies, and he's like, "I'm not a dick." And it's he, like you are a broken individual. Yeah, and he's spitting up blood, and it's just yeah. like, "What is?" And then we're supposed to be laughing. I'm like, "What is this?" <laughs> I don't know. Modoc, can we take a second and talk about the character of Modoc for like a minute? Like, well, okay, before we do that, let let's okay. run down the plot real quick, just so sure. if there's anyone who hasn't seen it or if people need a refresher, basically. Um, the the family the family Rudd the family uh, what's his last name in the movie <laughs> the family uh, Pim no the family Lang the family Lang are sucked into the quantum zone by a version of Kane the Conqueror who's been stuck there for thirty years uh, he was stuck down there with uh, uh, Diane Keaton uh, originally you mean he Michelle was, Pfeiffer Michelle Pfeiffer why do I keep calling her Diane Keaton I don't know <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer the original uh, wasp. Uh, when she was stuck down there and they had a, a time together trying to escape or whatever. Um, I thought they were going to make that sexual. They didn't. Uh, which, I thought they were going to make that sexy too. Which is fine. But no, she had sex with Bill Murray's character instead. <laughs> an alien. I mean, I guess Kang's an alien. Well, no, Kang's a human. But um, but anyway, um, and we'll get to Bill Murray. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they both try to escape together and she realizes, this is all happening 30 years ago, she realizes uh, after touching his ship and seeing his into his memories, because that's a thing, um, 
that he's a monster. She was able to touch it and see that, but then when Ant-Man touched it, he didn't see the memories too? No, no. I guess you have to Mm. be, I don't know. Mm, I guess we forget about those things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, She saw all his memories, and she saw that he had conquered all these different timelines and killed all these innocent people. Uh, and why he was doing that is still vague to me, but um, uh, so they she, don't give a reason. They're just like he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's the conqueror. Um, and so she's like, no, and she sabotages his like warp drive basically uh, mm-hmm. by making it big with pim particles, and 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 because it's big, it's like unsustainable, and it's like this this whatever thing. And so she leaves. It's the MacGuffin. Yeah, it's the MacGuffin. She leaves and goes back to regular life while Kang stays there and builds an empire in the quantum zone. So question. Yep. You've been stuck in the quantum realm for 30 years. Yep. Do you just show up and just don't talk about your experience then? <laughs> yeah. Because she's acting like, why would you not tell your family? It'd be like, there's this guy down there. We got to be careful. <laughs> well, Because, you know, you thought- all travel through this area. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. Was very weird that she didn't mention it at all, especially when she, so especially dumb. when she knew that mm-hmm. they were doing quantum realm research. Yeah, like, I feel like that's the first thing she should have said was like, "Hey, maybe let's not do this." Because uh, there's well, this guy she does there. when she finds out. When she finds out, she's like, "You're sending a signal." Like she didn't know. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, but still, you you have a family, yeah, that shrinks down through the quantum zone, yeah. And travels through there quite frequently. Yep. You should probably be like, by the way, yep. there's this dude, yeah. and he's bad. Yeah, so he, in the past 30 years, he's amassed this army and this like giant city and whatnot. Did you appreciate the super cannon fodder bad guys that he had? Just the oh, faceless... Oh, yeah, the faceless goon. Yeah, you gotta have those. Goons. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have those. Um, that made me laugh. I was just like, oh, so we have personality for all the other people of the quantum realm, <laughs> yeah. but when it comes to his goons, they're just robots. All yep. right, whatever. Um, and so uh, he, he, they've been, the family Lang has been b- behind Scott Lang's back because he's been preoccupied doing a book tour. Um they have been sending signals into the quantum realm, which um, uh, is picked up on by Kang, who then... No, it was Modok, wasn't it? It was Modok, yeah, but Modok in service of Kang. Right. Um, and because uh, Modok is around, uh, he's Darren, the guy who played the... Um, I forget his uh, villain name in the, the first just movie. Just Darren. But yeah, just Darren, the, the yellow guy from the first movie. Yellow uh, jacket from the first yellow movie. Yellow jacket, that's right. He yeah. was sent to the quantum zone at the end of that, and he's been there. Uh, he was. He, they explain. They kind of. They don't really explain it, but the 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 reason he looks like Modok now is because when he was shrunk down, it was like this chaotic process that like didn't happen correctly, and so like part like his head is much bigger than the rest of his body. It was all kind of not glossed over, basically. Um, yeah, it was. And uh, so Kang found him and gave him a robot body and made him a killing robot for some reason um fine uh so kang sucks the family (laughs) lang into the quantum zone realm because he needs he needs pim particles to make his warp drive back to normal size so that he can get out of the quantum realm but asan with (laughs) kang i have a question with kang being stuck in the quantum zone how did he find out about pim particles do you I'm think ass- Hope? I'm assuming Hope Janet said told him? something about Janet said something. Yeah, I think Janet probably said something about it in the time. I mean, would it would have been nice to see that? 
Um, mm-hmm. But it, I'm assuming she just said something about it while they were trapped there together. Well, it would have been nice to have a line or something like that because in the movie, he just knows that there's pin particles and you're like, how? Yeah. So and he brings all of them through the quantum realm somehow. That's never really explained how, like how he's able to do that. Um, and so they're, but so he brings them in and they're not dropped to like right in front of him in his living room. They're like just randomly in the quantum realm. And then he yeah. has to basically go find them. So he sends Modoc after them. Which was he, entirely too convenient for the plot, I yeah. might say. Yeah. He sends Modoc after them. Um, they team up with some locals there. Um, that are like rebellion fighters against uh, Kang. Um, Faceless people we're supposed to care about yeah, again. Yeah, basically more weird quantum creatures. And honestly, they, like there weren't uh, enough. Like it was there. Were, <laughs> those creatures were very silly, and we didn't spend enough time exploring the quantum realm to really make it feel like a rich environment that we want to learn more about. It's just kind of no. like. Here's a soundstage with a bunch of silly creatures on it. I spent the entire movie going, so when do we get out of the quantum realm? <laughs> yeah, basically. Because it was just boring. We didn't spend enough time It was boring. Learning How do you take it? something that's supposed to be the smallest thing you can do where creatures, all these weird things live, you know, yeah. and all that stuff, and make it boring? Yeah, it's like uh, there was none of the exploration <laughs> required to make that interesting and so it's just like hey yeah. we're here now we're in this red sound stage and there's a bunch of weird cgi guys it's like oh okay cool i wonder how much stuff got edited out of this movie and then yeah. i also wonder if they just wrote this movie and just like slap it on screen it'll work yeah i because that's I'm, what it felt like it felt like a just go with just slap it on screen like it, it doesn't have to make rushed. sense like this whole it movie did felt feel like rushed. they made it in three weeks like that's yeah how it, it did feel like that <laughs> um so yeah, basically, then it becomes a war movie against the you know uh, the 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 rebellion against Kang. Kang ends up kidnapping Scott and his daughter, and is basically like, "You're gonna help me, or I'm gonna kill your daughter." And he's been, the what he needs him to do is steal Pym particles from from um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character because he's a good thief or something? No. So what he's supposed to do is he's supposed to go into the uh, the time drive and oh, shrink right. it back down. I guess you can't do that from the outside, I guess? <laughs> Asan, no. Because then you wouldn't have the weird... The weird sect multiple section of them like trying to be oh the quantum realm is mind bending and it's yeah. like well okay so yeah then it, there's like a heist a tiny heist where and it's not really a heist it's mainly just like it's more like a like a like a puzzle quest from like a video mm-hmm. game basically yeah. Ant Man has to shrink down even smaller to go inside the the core of the warp drive or whatever and within that he enters into a cloud of possibility which is like what electrons exist as and so there's like he starts seeing every different like possibility of himself and that really doesn't amount to much uh nope we have baskin robbins paul rudd which i was like okay yeah that (laughs) the jokes really fell flat in this movie for me yeah like i don't think i laughed once well there was jokes in in a movie like this are supposed to like work against tension like they're supposed to be the right. relief of tension and there just isn't any tension in this movie no there's not and what and what tension they build is always undercut with like a family moment or like yeah. a joke and it's like it builds no tension it builds no I, I don't i'm not afraid of kang from this movie yeah he looks fairly easy to defeat actually mm-hmm. yeah all you have to do is get a bunch of ants <laughs> yeah 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, every time they built tension in this movie, they're like, "Oh, it's too much. We got to diffuse it." What if mm-hmm. families watch this? Like, stop making it for families. Yeah. Yeah. Just make a good story. Families will go and see it. Let the parents determine whether their kids can go see it or not. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, basically he they uh, yeah he saves the day. He makes it smaller. Yeah. Um, they're able to defeat Kang before he's able to get out of there. The, the bunch of ants who are. Uh, uh, oh no! Sorry, we're backing up. Uh, after he gets the uh, hope, comes back down, helps him out. They mm-hmm. shrink the thing. And then Kang takes has he has Cassie still right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he still has Cassie in prison, and then takes the drive and goes like, "Now I'm gonna do bad things." Yeah, and they. The, long story short, they're able to defeat him in a, through a fight scene, uh, uh, through a really lackluster fight. Scene. Yeah, just a fist fight, uh, and then uh, um, Which, yeah. A fist fight. I have a problem when they set up Ant-Man to do all these powers and do all this stuff, and then at the end, he's just fist fighting Kang. Why yeah. are you not shrinking? And like, It's crazy. Is like, it because his helmet's broken? Is that what we're supposed to be? But like, he, I've, I'm sure he's shrunk without his helmet before. And also, like, the whole conceit of the Ant-Man character is like, he, he should stand no chance against Kang. Like, no. You know what I mean? Like, he should... <laughs> I thought, truthfully... Yeah. When Scott Lang was having the piss kicked out of him, yeah. I thought they were going to kill him. Yeah. That would have been I was like that would be an amazing move to kill off Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Like or at least a version of Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um I could have seen that happen as well. Um Yeah, so they're able to defeat him or whatever and then uh what was I going to say? What's the last Thing. Oh, they, yeah, they defeat him partly with, like, an army of ants, the research ants that Hank Pym had been working on that have been in the quantum realm and for 30 years or however no, for long. for thousands of years. Yeah, well, yeah, they went through a time dilation, something yeah. or other, and they were down and there. built this futuristic society with tech. <sighs> I was like... It's literally glossed ugh. over and delivered with one line of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's Hank Pym being like, and all this stuff happened. And you're like, okay. Yeah. So, Joke. yeah. <laughs> so, my big problems with this movie. One is the tone thing. Like, the tones are completely just mishandled and don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're competing with each other most of the time. Two, this movie is not about anything. Like, no. The trailers would have you believe, basically, the way the dialogue is cut up. That it's about uh, Ant-Man wanting more, like wanting to get back the time that he missed with his daughter, and Mm -hmm. Kang is the only person that can give it to him, and uh, and so he he's compelled to do something for Kang in order to get that time back. None of that is in this movie. No, Um, I was expecting more of a deal with the devil. Yeah, that's what I thought this movie was going to be something along that because that would have been interesting because. Yeah, Ant-Man, as as we've known, his main thing is he's a father, and he feels like he's been a bad father. None of that is in this movie. Like, some of it is paid lip service to, but, like, the character of Ant-Man doesn't really deal with that in any way. Like, that's just no. not part of the movie. And so his only... He has no motivation. In fact... In fact, he doesn't want to be doing this. Like, he is uh, perfectly fine on his book tour doing his shit, and his family's yeah. like... Oh, don't you want to be For doing... some reason, his family's a real big dick to him. <laughs> yeah, they're always like, especially his daughter. His daughter's like, well, don't you want to... Oh, his your... daughter sucks. <laughs> yeah, his daughter's like, 
don't come on man be dangerous again and it's like wait what <laughs> i feel like it's one of those if you save the world you've earned the right to not be dangerous yeah so it's like this whole movie where like our hero is like he's being like nagged into being a hero again by his daughter that he's supposed to be motivated to save but it's like had his daughter not been so annoying like none of this would be happening (laughs) basically because she's the one kind of spearheading the quantum realm like research stuff which Mm -hmm. is insane Um, it's insane yeah and so it's just like but they don't have to and so like so then i'm like okay she goes to jail like she's a troublemaker she's dealing with the quantum realm um when she shouldn't be like this is going to be a movie about parenting we're gonna have to watch we're gonna watch paul rudd you know try to show his daughter like hey this is why you got to be careful at some point she'll have to reckon with her poor decision making that never happens nope um she's just if anything she's encouraged to keep making poor decisions yeah if anything it's like oh no it's fine if she's dangerous and irresponsible she's uh, his daughter and and fun and she young. has a super suit so she'll be fine yeah it's like that we don't have to reckon with that at all um yeah there's just like no there's no real stakes either it's like no like he, even the the villain himself is like hey if you let me out of here i won't destroy you guys like yeah i'll kill everybody else but i'll leave you (laughs) so like and when he says honestly man and when he says done deal and and my implication and the implication i got from that line is like not only does he mean like you guys but he means your timeline which is our universe so it's like the stakes are i will destroy things outside of your universe which to us as a movie viewer does not resonate as stakes because we're like fine Okay, we didn't know Straight anything up, about any those other universes. Any sane person in that ever. situation goes. So if you, so if I agree to do this for you, <laughs> you won't destroy my timeline or the universe that I exist in, and I can keep living my life from here until whenever. And you just won't touch it. And he goes, "Yes." I'd be like, "Oh, fucking hey, shake my yeah, hand." Yeah, exactly. It just, yeah, it's so. Unsatisfying. I'll get that for you. Yeah. Done deal. And then you'll return me back up there. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. So we're going now. <laughs> yes, it's so unsatisfying. The stakes feel so irrelevant. Um, it just, ugh. and then another, so in the, my the final, like big thing that I, I had a problem with in this movie is, and I touched on it earlier, is that we're, we don't spend enough time with any one element or character in this movie to really no. like anybody. And uh, that's what I was going to say. Horrible. My biggest complaint was, is we jump around so much yeah this movie acts like there's so many moving parts that we're all like super interested in it's like Mm -hmm. i don't care i care about scott Mm -hmm. and hope and that's pretty much it don't even care about hank and janet and cassie Mm -hmm. i care about scott and hope that's it like make the movie about them and don't do anything different like when we're watching all those quantum people that are breaking out of the prison like the good freedom the freedom fighters or whatever mm-hmm. when we're watching them break out of prison and they're dying it's the music and everything you're supposed to have this big emotional like oh my gosh this loss of life and i was just like i don't care mm-hmm. i don't care because i don't care about these characters because they mean nothing to the plot yeah like that holes guy yeah <laughs> yeah that was dumb mm-hmm yeah, like uh, I like the initial the the joke initially of him being like, "I don't have holes. How many holes do you have?" Mm-hmm. That one that was funny. Later, when he gets holes shot through him and he freaks out and then sucks somebody in, I was like, "What?" Yeah, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. 
uh yeah it's really weird uh the characters down there have weird powers that like no that's not explained at all like we we don't know where these people that live in the quantum realm have come from like the, none There's of that is explained. To explain that. It's just like, hey, we're a bunch of silly creatures that live here for some reason, and that's all you need to know about that. It's yeah. just like what? Uh, which leads me to Bill Murray's character, which I thought was a complete waste of his time and mine. Um, uh, he, yeah, it was an absolute waste of time. It was an absolute waste of energy and money. Yeah, and like time on screen, my time in the theater. Like, it, I was just like, why are we doing this? Yeah, so not only is Bill Murray just playing a villain who's completely unlikable, um, which is like, why cast Bill Murray if you're going to make him play someone likable And he's weirdo. only on screen for what, like five minutes? Yep. Uh, if that? Probably less than that, yeah. Less than that? Before he's, he's on screen killed. for less than that, and he made it into the trailer, which shows you how little faith they had in this movie, that they were like, oh, we got to show people that Bill Murray's in it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, like, and this is how... This is how poorly written this movie is. So he goes, they're like, are you human? And he's like, kind of, but no. And that's it. That's it. That's yeah, all we, we learned about his character. We, then we and move on. And I was on. like, I would like to know more about that uh, yeah. case. <laughs> like, you can't call the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania and spend no time talking about the quantum realm. <laughs> Yeah, which is what they do. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, uh, there needs to be at least one thing where, where Scott Lang looks at someone in that camp and goes, so where did you all come from? It's it's true. Like, oh, we've been sucked here through, it's like, you know, the quantum realm, blah, blah, blah. It sucks people through, and we're time travelers, and we come, you know, journeyers. Like, you know, some of us are, you know, quantum astronauts and blah, blah, blah that have been stranded here. Through. Like, just, just give me something. Yeah. Like, give me something. Even if it's total BS, just give me something. Like, all right, I typically do this when there's mov- there's something about a movie I don't like. I will pitch you a fix that I think would make this movie a uh, hundred times better. So strip everything away and make this movie about uh, Scott Lang is was a bad dad before. Uh, he is a little bit better now because he's matured. But he's been so distracted by the book tour and his newfound fame that, and the on top of that, the five years that he missed with his daughter because of the blip and all of that kind of stuff. And so he's, his daughter is getting into trouble constantly because she doesn't feel like, partly it's because she's rebelling against her father because she doesn't feel like he's been around. for and the blip. she's a teenager. Yeah, she's a teenager. The, because of the blip and because of his book tour and all the Avengers shit that he's done. Okay, she's getting into trouble, not listening to him disobeying. And really, just let's just spend the first 20 minutes of the movie there. Like him, not just getting her out of jail once, maybe constantly. Like, yeah. let, let's see her d- messing with Quantum Realm stuff after he's told her not to. All that kind of stuff. So that when she and him, or no, I would have her get abducted first. Because it's a Kang's just trying to get anybody. So yeah. she's down there researching and she gets abducted. Uh sure. Scott Lang realizes she's been sucked into the quantum realm and he goes in after her basically mm-hmm. and now they're both basically stranded there until they can find a way out and then it's a movie about it's basically like a father daughter movie about him learning how to be a father and then her learning that hey uh, you know 
you have expectations for your father and but and he may not meet them all the time but you got to have grace with the people you love or whatever the, whatever the lesson you want them to learn is have them right. go on that journey and have her have to reckon with her irresponsible behavior have mm -hmm. him have to reckon with his irresponsible behavior and then them learn to work together and be a father-daughter team like that that that's all the movie has to be and I like know. <laughs> And Kang is just the the, and the have catalyst a villain for that, that. Yeah, yeah. And have a villain that is actually scary. Yeah, have uh, and don't for the love of God don't do Modok. <laughs> At least don't do him like that. We still that. haven't even <laughs> we still even haven't talked about Modok. Yeah, um, yeah. It's but no, I agree. The way that you were talking about it, I agree. That's a perfect fix for what they needed to do with this movie and the focus. And I think there's some iteration of a script somewhere. Yeah, that had that. Yeah, but then I'm sure producers got involved. And like it needs to be funnier. It needs to be more about family. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It needs to just be a Marvel movie. Yeah, because none of the characters go on an arc. Like none of them Nobody. learn anything new. None yeah, of no them... one learns anything. It's just everybody. <laughs> I feel like they do the same thing again with the knowledge that they have from this adventure. Mm -hmm. Again, they'd be like, ah, we're fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could told like. Yeah, because then you so you have Ant Man going after Cassie to try to get her back, and you know, and then basically Kang is like, "Look, uh, have him give the speech that he gave in the trailer, and be like, look, you your relationship with your daughter is fractured because of all the time you missed. I can give you that time back. Uh, mm -hmm. All you have to do is get uh, is bring me something, 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 and give me this warp drive and I'll get you know I'll get you out of here and then have him have to make a, a difficult decision and try to figure out how to whatever it is make the movie about something this movie was about right. nothing <laughs> no it was about jokes at inappropriate times <laughs> yeah. so let's talk about Modoc because I will be completely <sighs> honest with you when when we when Modoc shows up and the he removes the faceplate it was that that was the first time in the movie where I'm like I should probably leave because it like yep. at that point like it was the perfect encapsulation of the 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 ineffectual ability to to handle these two tones because it's like Modoc is supposed to be this scary you know murderous machine that like yeah, he's is, a death machine yeah and then it it, it He's revealed, and it looks... It, it could not have looked any goofier. Um, oh, it looked exactly as bad as it did on the trailer. It looked like somebody, like... It looked like somebody made it, like, out of Photoshop. Like, they just took a regular yeah. person's face and just kind of stretched the dimensions a little bit. Oh, it was terrible. Like, and I think... if, if what I, The reason why I think they did that is because they wanted to preserve some of the Corey Stoll's like actual face and just it looks like what they did is they did like a, a performance capture of his face uh, and then they just kind of mapped it onto the MODOK character model and mm -hmm. just did kind of like a deep fake kind of thing and yeah. it looks really bad like they should have just completely from scratch animated a new face and so what it doesn't look like Corey Stoll it does not need to um, it was just I couldn't believe how bad it looked uh, and how goofy it looked given the rest of of because everything else looked pretty good like all the little characters yeah. and stuff like that it all looked photo real it all looked even great. if they were goofy looking they still looked good yeah it still looked grounded it looked like they, this should exist in the world when Modoc's face shows up I was like this looks oh I lost it crazy 
That I, you know, I take it back. I said I didn't laugh in this movie. I did. Yeah. When you saw Modoc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, yeah. He was just. And it's like it's like Corey Stoll didn't even care to be there. Yeah. Like. It I was, feel like Modoc was just an afterthought. Like they had a like they had to put a pin in a character. Like maybe there was this other hunter character that like worked for Kang that like was around but then someone was like we could use Modoc. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh great, that's a way to throw away a really interesting villain." Yeah, it uh, it was so not cuz the thing about Kang is uh, like what I remember Kang from the the cartoons is like he should be scary. Like he he he's yeah. gone psychotic in this version of of Modoc. He's not psychotic at all. He's just like No. I kind of am miffed at Ant-Man for making me like this, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no. And I have laser saws. Yeah, MODOK should be like this weird, cackling, like, crazy man. And it's just You're not... supposed to be terrified when he exactly. comes for you. He's exactly. a mechanized organism designed only for killing. Yeah. Like, he's a nonstop just destruction bot. Like, all he does is kill and murder and, like, yeah. torture. And, like, he's awful. He's... An, He's a horrible, he's a very interesting villain, but he's a horribly scary person. Yeah. And the reason, and it just sucks because they, the obviously they wanted to turn him into a good guy at the end. And so they couldn't have him be too murderous earlier in the movie. So it's like, you have this thing that its name is literally designed only for killing and it doesn't really kill much. No. And then it just, uh, he's a good guy at the end for some reason because they needed for- one character to go on an arc. <laughs> Yeah, that's the arc of the movie. Modoc has the only arc of the entire movie. And the and the summation of his arc is it's never too late to stop being a dick. <laughs> Which I hated. I hated that too. Cuz it's like it's unearned. That that mm-hmm. line works in a movie when your 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 character, one of your main characters is commenting on the character arc of one of the lesser characters, like that's like a comedic character because and they have the luxury of being able to do that because all of the major arcs of the movie are so compelling that yeah, we can make a joke out of this arc. That's fine. Yeah, but no, there none of that is present. So like, it's just like the one character who goes on an emotional arc in this movie is reduced to I'm not a dick anymore, and it's just like, come on, bro. Well, he's <laughs> coughing up like stuff. Yeah, and that that whole moment is like gross and horrifying, and it's supposed to be for laughs. But like, what kid is looking at that and laughing? Like, that's the grossest shit in the world. Psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the it, the movie was was not was not great and at all. And ultimately its jokes just fell flat. Like it just wasn't funny. I know it was trying, but it was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I kind of walked out of that and I was like this also doesn't cuz they were like this one's going to change the MCU. And I'm like if this is what you think your next phase is going to be like, yeah. I'm not going to go see these movies. Yeah. It felt like if this is only- what you're putting forward, if this is what you're putting forward, this is the product you're creating. For your new phase, I don't care. Yeah, it felt like it was giving me like Shark Boy and Lava Girl vibes. Yeah. Like Spy Kids. Like mm-hmm. it was that kind of level of like. Yeah. N- n- just neutered. Like there's just, there was nothing All going ages, on, dude. Stupid entertainment yeah, with it, nothing to say. It was not good. It's not good. Um, that being said, uh, is there anything else you want to touch on the movie before we get out of here? Um, yeah, it was just a mess. Um, the um, 
Oh, the post-credit <laughs> scenes too. The post-credit scenes were cool. The the one with Loki and Morbius was awesome. Yeah, that was great. That one makes me excited for the new season of Loki. Uh, the other one with the Kangs was just more of the most off-putting. Like, what is this weird stuff? Yeah. Like, just have normal Kangs. Yeah. Like, you don't need to have the the Ramatut. I think is his name. Yeah. Cyborg or like Imperious Kang. I think is that's his also name. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to have the three weirdest Kangs to be there. Like, you gotta have other Kangs. Yeah. Like, have normal Kangs. We are you already off-put us by seeing Modok. Like AJ, the minute Modok came on screen, she was like, "What?" is this yeah and she was like what is that is this new does it i was like no this exists in the comics i'm like but they're really not doing the character justice like i had to be a modok apologist Mm -hmm. in the middle of the movie because i'm like you don't understand they're not doing him right and then they killed him and i'm like okay so now he doesn't have the chance to be the psychopathic like machine killer that we all know and love Mm -hmm. but like yeah he didn't have the voice either like no uh, it was just really weird. It was a weird. It was just Corey Stoll. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Corey Stoll, but like not like that. Yeah, that was. I don't know. It just it made me less excited for the new phase moving forward, mm-hmm. and it made me. It kind of made me less excited for Marvel in general. Yeah. Like after like seeing after this movie, I'm looking at James Gunn and going, "Wow, the DCU looks real good right now." <laughs> Yeah, I think Marvel is um, in trying to pad their Disney Plus content and have all these these things come out every year. I think they are stretched a bit thin, and I think mm-hmm. this movie feels like I think when when Marvel is at its best, they're like putting out one or maybe two movies a year, and mm-hmm. they're do and they, like and you get and you feel like the entire studio or the entire machinery is behind those projects yeah it's all working on just those two projects yeah when i just feel like there's so there's so much happening and they're they're doing so many different things at the same time it's like someone should have looked at this movie and been like this is not no we this is not. someone should have watched (laughs) all of the other marvel movies all like the good ones the tentpole originals that made marvel what it is and look at this and go this does not measure up yeah like, you need to have a measuring stick. Like, mm-hmm. you need to have a standard, a bar standard set that if it doesn't meet it, scrap the project or take it back. Spend the money to redo it. Like, if you're yeah. not producing good content, then I'm sorry, you're not producing good content. But, like, you can't half-ass it because we're yeah. used – there's there's a certain level of excellence that Marvel fans are used to, and we will not accept anything less. I feel like they – actually, if I had one fix that doesn't change the movie fundamentally – I would have gone with a different version of Kang. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. done Kang the Conqueror. I would have no. done a more. I would have. I. You could have even made up a version of Kang that fits this particular story a little bit more. Of course. Like there you, are literally millions yeah, of him. Just pick a Kang that's like more silly and more like a fantastical mustache twirling villain. Mm-hmm. Something that fits the tone a little bit more because that was my main problem. It's like. We're watching, obvi- uh, like, honestly, like, literally, they say it in this movie, he's, like, the most ferocious versus- version of Kang because that's why he's been outlawed, because he was going around just destroying whole timelines. They should have saved that version of Kang for later. Like, th- that version of Kang that's does not Kang work in this That's the Avengers tone. should fight. Exactly. Yeah. And they, yeah. they still could. I mean, he's not... We don't know that he's dead, dead, but... Um, I know. That's the other thing, too. They were like, <laughs> did we actually defeat him? And I'm like, no, because he's Kang. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they they could have gone with like a more like 
cartoony version of Kang, like a more fun kind of like, because I would have loved to seen Jonathan Majors. I mean, honestly, it would have been uh, like, it, I honestly think the version that he played in Loki, the he who remains like mm-hmm. something closer to that performance would yeah. I think would have worked really well in this movie. A more burdened exactly kind of character performance with like the i know what i've done i know i'm a bad guy but like i'm doing these things for the right reasons at least in my mind but i'm also crazy so yeah and yeah i think the crazy part is key because like this version of kang would have would not have made modok he doesn't need modok what does he He need modok like but i could see like a you know a a psychotic version of kang who thinks it's funny like yes i'm gonna slap arms on you and make you this tiny little you know what i mean that would have been oh look a giant head with a butt attached to it that i found (laughs) i'm going to put arms on you and put you in this chair where you can fly around and now you're my nemesis yeah that that version of kang would have i think worked better in this movie like basically like (laughs) not nemesis henchman yeah exactly sorry (laughs) you know it's fine like like get Jonathan Majors to do what Jim Carrey's doing in those Sonic movies and put that in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be that would have been fun. Yeah. But that would have fit the tone a little bit more. Yeah. Cuz you have this super serious bad guy. Mhm. And then this family that's going on an adventure together that Right. Uh, why? It just doesn't work. You know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um all right. Well, if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. No, I'm I'm all tapped out. Cool. All right. People can find you online. You can find me online. All right. You can find me at Asan the DJ on social media. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular. Derek, thanks so much for joining me again, and we will see y'all next week. <laughs>